Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Johnny Bean, and it is Sunday, and you know it's uh, the Guitar ASMR Show. Normally, although I will be uh, talking to a friend of mine on tonight's show, so you guys, this is this is uh, awesome. Anyway, as you can see here, NAM Show 2024 is coming up. Je starting January 25th, I will be there. It'll be awesome. So if you want your exclusive, exclusive access to the NAM show, this is the place you want to be because other channels will be bringing you this. <laughs> you don't want to watch that. There's nothing there. I'll be bringing you that. It'll be cool. Do you guys remember last year? It was amazing. All right. So guitar ASMR show. Let's let's uh, let's do this. Okay. Here we go. Ready. Ready. Hi, this is Andy Summers, and you're watching Johnny Bean TV. What's up, you guys? Johnny Bean. This is Johnny Bean TV. And it is Sunday. It is uh, November uh, 26, 2023. It's uh, actually we're doing this. Uh, we're, we're doing these shows an hour earlier now. So those of you on the East Coast. There you go. So you guys smash that thumbs up, smash that subscribe button. We're really trying to do it, you guys. We're really trying to get to 10,800. I think we can do it pretty soon too. So smash that subscribe. But uh, before I bring our guest in, let's say, let's say hello to the top tier of channel members here on Johnny Bean TV YouTube channel. Channel membership, it's the best way to, to support this channel and support these shows. And the top tier are the executive producers. And they're currently Sherman Callahan, 40 Grit, Michael B. Live, CC, Nova 9, Michael Smith, Music Therapy Lads, R Habs, Warlag, Patty Dill, Fairfield Guitarco, Majestic PB and J Cat, Guitarman 45, and Janice Lala. Thank you guys for your continued support for uh, for this channel and uh, and and these shows. You guys are awesome. Uh, but you guys know if you'd like to help support in other ways, super chats is a is a way you can help support. And the cool thing about super chats on this channel is it changes the color of my lights. And if you're like, what does that even, what does that even mean, Johnny? That that sounds crazy. If you look behind me, you'll see what's called the guitar war. This is where a lot of the guitars live. There's prizes for giveaways back there. You can magic, not magically, you can change these lights in real time with any super chats, any support for the channel here. So if you'd like to do that, your name um, will be over there 
right there and uh it's it's awesomeness so hey let's do this let's let's uh let's introduce uh, our guest because you guys know we're doing uh interviews on sunday nights as well now so uh where are you you're in los angeles right i'm assuming well i can't hear you yet but you guys all the way from uh the green room jay matt sueda right that's, matt sueda. that's right that's right there you go so where where are you well i i'm based in los angeles but at the moment i happen to be in connecticut oh okay okay yeah. see, I didn't <laughs> that's why earlier today when you said seven when you said uh oh. i kept on saying oh you know pacific time pacific time and you're probably like hey we both live in california why do you keep saying pacific time Oh, I, I see. Oh, crap. I didn't even know that. Man. So you're on the East Coast. <laughs> so this is better for you because it's it's not as late because see, normally we I wouldn't start till uh, uh, 11. Right. Your, your one hour you earlier show is in my favor. Exactly. Oh, right on, dude. <laughs> this is awesome. And hey, Janice Lala, thank you so much. Janice is, uh, has been a member for 12 months here on Johnny Bean TV and uh actually if you're if you are a channel member you get to have these little uh monthly you get some little like like shout out thing and that's what janice just did so janice thank you uh thank thank you so much for that wow well hey jay let, let me just say it's awesome having you on the show it was hey, great, great to, to meet you uh uh what was that three weeks ago almost a month ago yeah it was about three a month weeks, ago um, something like that we saw Andy Summers play live at uh, yeah. this great Golden State Theater. That was awesome because I, I remember uh, I, I drove down. Well, you, you had started messaging me on Facebook, I think, maybe like a few days before or a week before or something. And I don't know if we were Facebook friends. I guess we were, but but um, you, were, you were messaging me. And you were saying, hey, I'm driving up for the show. You know, I'll, I'll be there, you know, all this stuff. And then the day of the show, I head down there like in the afternoon. I, I was down there like way early because I, I had been there to see uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's band, Mammoth WVH. Same venue, like a month before, two months oh, okay. before, okay, something like that. So I'd been to that venue before, and so I knew, you know, when you go there, there's this guitar store right next door, and you get to hang out and 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 talk, you know, shop with this guy that owns this this guitar shop, which is really cool um so anyway so i'd been there to see mammoth and everything so i knew the venue and so when it came time to see andy there i'm like oh this is going to be awesome i know exactly what the place looks like i can get down there hours early and blah 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 whatever but then um you were you were messaging me on facebook i think during that day like during the day you're like hey i'm on my way or or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be there. And, and uh, I think you had asked me, Hey, can you, can you record, you know, <laughs> some of it, and, which I didn't, I didn't do. I, I wasn't um, able to do that, but. Um. Yeah, I was, uh, I probably intermittently contacted you throughout the day. Cause I was pretty dedicated. I mean, from Los Angeles, all the way to that venue that took me what six, seven, I, it was, it was a long drive um, mm -hmm. hours. So, um, but I had sort of a, uh, a secondary and uh, sort of a tertiary uh, goal as well, uh, one of which was to see a friend in San Francisco after that, and another of which was to continue onward to get some autographs that also related uh, tangentially to the police. Of course, this is a whole other aspect mm -hmm. to our, you know, to our 
story, our, our common interest. It's uh, <laughs> it revolves around the police um, and Van Halen. Don't worry, you guys. And Van Halen. <laughs> so, so how how did we meet? I don't even know. I mean, I'm literally, I mean, I, I met you at that show because you came up to me. You found me. But yeah. Before you know, that, like, do you do you even know? I have I mean, a I have a long history of having, you know. Um, online friendships with people that I then later someday meet, right? So, um, you know, as police fans and collectors of material, um, you know, I, I saw your name, you know, regularly on different uh, on different feeds in the same way that I've I've seen the names of people throughout the course of of time, like Erwin Kempen or or the late Tony Carbo, sadly, you know. Uh, you know, rest his 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 kind soul, um, or people like um, uh, Giovanni in Italy, or or you know, you name it. There's people all over the world uh, who I've had relationships with, uh, you know, uh, as as fellow fans and collectors since the mid '90s. And then once in a while, when I happen to be in their country on vacation or something, then I see them. For instance, I met her in Kempen. I met Raphael in Paris. I met Osamu mm -hmm. in Nara, Japan. And then, you know, when I knew that I was going to be in proximity, um, you know, the Monterey to see Andy Summers, uh, you know, maybe a couple of months before then I started messaging you about Van Halen and about Andy, just knowing that I'd have an opportunity to see you in, in the flesh, uh, at this show. And I sort of, you know, continue down this, uh, this, this road that I've gone down with so many other people, this positive experience of, of taking an offline, uh, uh, an acquaintance into a genuine friendship. So that was really nice to meet you and, and, uh, and talk police a little bit. Um, afterward, I think, yeah, after, afterward, after, afterward, after but, I, but I, yes, because um, I couldn't predict my arrival. Right. So I, I got there just minutes before the show. Normally I like to settle into a seat, relax. <laughs> I had, you know, I hadn't even eaten dinner that day. I, I got there and I, empty stomach. I know what I that's ate, like, like. <laughs> I ate, yeah, I ate like candy from the uh, lobby and I had a drink in order to get just the calories I needed to be able to concentrate on the show. Um, and then I, and then af of course, afterward we, we ate and, and, uh, you know, I was, I was all fine, but, but yeah. And, and what a show that was, right. I mean, it really was an enjoyable thing. I was awesome. You know, um, I, I was supposed to see that show like a few years ago. Okay. Andy did a tour a few years ago, Andy Summers, and, and he was going to be in San Francisco and, and I, um, I bought tickets to see that show. It, it, it wasn't the same name. It was like a different name of the tour, but it was the same thing. And I was yeah. going to go and see it and, and it, it was canceled. So I wasn't able to see that. And that was like three years okay. ago. And then finally, when this tour came around, um, oh, you know, I had to go. And, and, and uh, Monterey is just like 45 minutes from me. So it's, right, like, right. it's not too far. And, you know, I did see him in Los Angeles on that tour that you're uh, referencing. Cause mm -hmm. when you, when you live in LA, you, you have these uh, uncanny opportunities that you simply don't have mm -hmm. other places in the world. So, you mm -hmm. know, he, he played live. He didn't play to backing tracks. He simply played solo against his photos at that time. Um, but he'd also played a couple of times, you know, he used to play, you know, all the time at, at the big potato jazz club, or he played at the Grammy yeah. museum. I saw him at the Grammy museum and I uh, got to talk to him afterward there. Um, so it's it's not too infrequently that you can run into one of the you know the the triumvirate you know Stuart uh, Sting or Andy Summers when you live in a place like Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, he was in great form when we saw him. He was, I, I, I love that he brings, he, he really brings his personality to his appearances because yes, it's about the music, but he also provides a lot of context with stories and you get a sense for his wit. He's very, clever guy and he's very interesting to listen to his turns of phrase uh his experiences the choices he made in the past the ways he describes some of the choices he made in the past for better or for worse um mm -hmm. you really get a sense and you really get to you know really, uh, and, and i was just really uh in awe of his actual uh his performance that night we saw him um i really i really thought he was on the money his his uh, his his musical choices. I mean, as people will know, the you know why am I here? Who am I for the for the purposes of the inter this interview? Is that I'm also a musician, so and a, gu a guitarist and a bassist. So so you know I'm 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 not only listening to music for superficial enjoyment, but also have this little analytical thing going on too. Like oh wait, what did he just do? Just like a lot of the people, you know. Do. That's that's what I say all the time on these shows. That's I'm always I'm always really stressing that <clears throat> if you're a musician, and I guess it's, I think this relates. If you're a musician um, and you're serious, you know you have to listen. You have to listen to all sorts of types of music, whatever it is, and you can really appreciate it all sorts of different levels as far as production, as far as the musicianship, as far as you know wh whatever whatever that is like don't be just you know you, you can't as a musician you can't have a closed mind and just and just you know want to do one thing i mean you that's can that's so true that's so true but, there's so many different ways to appreciate things i used to i remember back in high school people used to um taunt me because i had a i had a, a jean jacket with a patch on one arm with a Grateful Dead skeleton and on the other arm, uh, uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're like, how can you like Guns N' Roses and the Grateful Dead? Because I can also listen to oh, Fear. Oh, that's awesome. Because I can also listen to Fear and Van Halen and Pantera too. And, uh, you know, I can also listen to, uh, you know, to, to, to Bach and Marcus Miller and, yeah. and uh, you know, and all these things. And and there's always, there's there's something, even if, you know, there's always something to appreciate in, in like you said, either in the production value or, I mean, you know, fear as a as a band, they play all kinds of odd times. I mean, they, this is not your typical. Uh, these are not mm -hmm. naive artists. You know, there's always there's something to to appreciate in, in these groups. So, yeah, mm -hmm. having a, a breadth of, uh, of exposure uh, to different art forms uh, can be uh, really uh, worthwhile. Um, and then I've also heard on the flip side, there are artists who say, oh, I never want to taint my ear with it, what anybody else is doing. I want to just kind of like live in my own little thing and produce and be the one who gives, gives, and never really, you know, tarnish my... Uh, that's, 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 what, that's what Eddie Van Halen always said, that he, people would ask him, what are you listening to? He's like, oh, the last record I bought was in 1980. And this is yeah. like, you know, 20 years later. Like he would always say, oh, you know, he's always writing. He's always creating his own stuff. He doesn't listen to his older stuff, always making new stuff. And he really doesn't listen to anybody. Well, when yeah. you're, I mean, when you're someone like him, which is, you know, you know, he, he was obviously completely unique and he, there's no one he could compare himself. He was, you know, he was the only one pushing his own boundaries. So. Um, from that sense, uh, you know, I don't know if he was going to be deriving inspiration from other players, but, but, um, 
But I know, for instance, if we bring it back to the police, Andy Summers, he, Andy Summers must have collaborated with more people than any other guitarist I can I can think of because because I have a little folder on my hard drive that says cameos with others and I just just like he's played with everybody he you know yeah he 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 you know so so on the flip side like I said you can sort of like take it from both sides well one if you're if you're always pushing your own boundaries and pushing yourself to be better um, and to reinvent or to invent new ways of making the guitar sound, then I would then great. But, uh, but I think there's still a lot of gaps to be filled or, or ways to observe that maybe other people haven't approached things and you want to collaborate as much as possible to do different things and come up with new sound innovations like Andy has textures and, and mm -hmm. tones and. Yeah. Cause his style, I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, um, I mean, Andy, he started out jazz. That's really where he started. Skiffle. And, 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 and yeah. And then, and then he was doing sessions. That's how he met, uh, Stuart and Sting was doing, doing, doing session work. They would go on to do sessions even after yep. they were the police, they would go on That's and do, true. and do records. You know, Eberhard sure Schoner. We both yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. I've got that. I've got yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then with the, with the police, you know, he, he did something, you know, his style in the police, as soon as, you know, I guess he, d he did have, um, his first solo record where he actually sang, you know, there is some police vibes X, on Y, Z. Yeah. guitar wise. But then after that, he went back to jazz and you listen to some of his jazz stuff. You would never know he was the guy in the police. Yeah. Yeah. It's you true. Well, never he would know that. Well, he went on to, was he on Wyndham Hill or what was it? What were the record? What was the record label? Uh, I think Wyndham Hill may, might have been one of them. I think it them. could have been um, one of them. Um, my if, favorite, my favorite album that he ever did was called The Last Dance of Mr. X. Yeah. Oh, great album. And great I, album. I think that was on, um, that was a major label. That was a major was that, label. That might have been BMG. But when you're on, when you're on Wyndham Hill, you're not on Wyndham Hill to, to sell records. You're on Wyndham Hill to create your art <laughs> mm -hmm. you know i don't i don't think Wyndham hill is expecting millions of copies to be sold right i think he might have had like a greatest hits on that but 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 i you know or something or or, or whatever label i could be you know i miss uh you know uh i, I could be uh, my recollection could be off it's, it's one of those kinds of labels that where it seemed like they probably didn't have like great expectations for sales they they wanted him to create something that he believed in and he wanted to do and it was you know and he found a label that would support him in in, in those kinds of ventures and mm -hmm. you know i love that material there's some really good stuff on on those records um you know the npr still uses some of those songs in some of their openings like all things considered and stuff like do, 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 do. i'm like wow you're playing Andy summers and nobody even knows it so uh, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's really good. You know, yeah. But and here we are, you know, talking a lot about uh, musicians and musicianship and things like that. And so I wanted to take this this time out for a second. You know, why would anyone listening to us talk uh, care about what I think when they've never heard me and don't know if I'm credible? So one thing I want to establish kind of while people are listening, if you so choose, is that uh, I posted up on my Bandcamp entirely free the ability to pull down my first album. Um, if you go to my band camp, you can just hit buy album and name your price as zero and you can just take it down. The, the first song is an instrumental that is uh, 
it has like a double bass approach. It's got like the actual root note bass, and then it has a, a solo bass, which does some sort of counterpoints, uh, kind of finger tapping stuff on it uh, by Doug Shreve. Um, uh, and, and I think you guys who many of whom like Van Halen might actually get into that one. But um, but anyway, yeah. So so if you play that in the background, you say, OK, well, this J guy, he he, you know, hopefully you'll say he doesn't suck. I, I <laughs> he's credible. I can listen to his his opinions on this stuff. But yeah, you know, uh, you know, but but I was impressed by Andy because I've heard him across all different uh, uh, kinds of, uh, uh, you know, band situations, trios, quartets. Uh, like I said, in Los Angeles, you get to see people a lot more frequently. And I saw him at this place called the Baked Potato Jazz Club, a.k.a. the Spud, um, where it's a tiny place where headshots are stapled all over the walls. It's this, you know, and uh, and the, the stage is only like six inches tall. And and when you see people there live, you can reach out and touch them. I've seen everyone from Andy. I saw Steve Lukather there. I've seen, you know, Brett Garsid, all kinds of people there. They kind of like go there to play the music that they love after mm -hmm. they've gone and done sessions for other people all day and uh, mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, he used to play there all the time. He used to play there with, you know, the late Dave Carpenter. He played there with Jerry Watts and Joel Taylor and Rick Verbracci and Dan Lutz and, you know, and, and, and Katice Buckingham, all these, all these jazz heavyweights locally that's, uh, that make up the jazz scene in L.A., yeah, um, I would see all those all those dates like on his website. I mean, over the years, it was always baked potato, baked potato, like all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I don't know if it's true or not, but I also know that there's some. I think it's in Italy. There's a place called Pizza Express. Uh, it's a yeah. venue, and I want to say to myself, oh, like I can see why someone would play Pizza Express because it must be like the baked potato, <laughs> a small People room. Play there too. Yeah, yep. yeah, you know, you know, it's like okay, well, it's a small room that has a funny name. Um, that's very specialized. It's you know fusion jazz, you know the 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 you know, uh, and it, and it brings in a dedicated crowd. But you always know that the music is going to be good there. You don't have to know who's playing because mm -hmm. you know you're going to go in there and you're going to be hearing some of the best stuff that you've ever heard. Technically, mm -hmm. you may or may not decide you like it, uh, you know stylistically, but you're going to. But technically, you'll be just blown away. It'll, so it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be you know great stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so explain first of all. Let's let me just say hello to everybody, you guys. Let's see who's it? we got. Chris King on Facebook. We got uh, we got Ron Gunner. We got Skyprop. Who else is here tonight? Uh, Joseph Badmoxon. Hey, great to see you, man. Uh, Octopus Ears is here. Carlos Berry is here. Janice Lala is here. Good to see you guys. Fretworks Guitar Repair and gear is here dan gorman let's see music therapy laz yeah laz he's the guy that you had met you, you met him yeah 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 you might hey, have met hey, him at hey. the show you might have met him at the show the andy summer show but then you definitely met yep. him afterwards when we went to the the restaurant around the corner that's right and, hey and, and we happened? hung out yeah yeah <laughs> and chris h is here i see you and you gave us cds which by the way by the way, you guys, uh, Jay, you, you have uh, a few CDs you want to you want. Yeah, sure. Sure. I can talk about this. So in addition to the Bandcamp, if you where you can download the whole record for free anytime, um, I also there actually is incentive 
to uh, to obtain through hook or crook somehow a physical copy of this record. Um, here's the copy of the physical record. Johnny has a few copies to give away today. Um, the uh, the interesting thing about this, the gimmick, if you will, uh, is that it's it comes in kind of an artistic little case where you pull the bottom and it kind of slides out. Has a book cool. has a booklet in the back with a with the lyrics and all that stuff. So so it has a, a nice tactile feel. It gives you the lyrics, these things you can't normally get digitally. And it also has a 12th track that's, uh, that I haven't published uh, electronically. So it never showed up on iTunes, never showed up on Amazon, doesn't mm -hmm. show up on Bandcamp or anywhere else. Um, it only shows up on the physical copy. So, so Johnny's giving away three of these. And, you know, I have them available still. Um, if you don't happen to be a lucky winner today, um, you can just reach out to me through my website, which is myname.com. Um, but, uh, but beyond this, I felt like I could only make my first record one time. So <clears throat> I really, really went all out with this thing. Um, oh, yeah. And, and so I, what I decided to do was, aside from just making one copy um, with an extra bonus track on it, I took a page out of the marketing executive's uh, playbook for the police who have executed some of their material in multiple iterations. For instance, the Synchronicity LP was, uh, was commercially available in the United States in 38 different copies wow. with, different, with different cover art. Um, I decided to make three different copies of my record. I actually only have two of them on me at the second, but this is the second one, uh, entirely different cover art, but the same kind of pull mechanism um, that gives you the, the sliding case um, and a different 12th track. So, and then there's a third album too. So there's, uh, you know, three, uh, three editions of Eat Your Sad is the name of the record, Eat Your Sad. Um, uh, each of which has an extra 12th bonus track. So in total, there are actually 14 songs uh, that were in my mind, uh, part of this collection um, that are acquirable across three iterations. Um, yeah. And uh, you can hear it right now for free on band, from from Bandcamp. <clears throat> right on. <laughs> we'll give. But here, here's the link, you guys. So, how would you? Who who are some of your influ your influences? Obviously, the Police. Yeah. Uh, well. Okay. Seems so, like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is a tough one, and in, until some of your folks actually hear this stuff, I guess you know I'd say it's. Um, it'd be maybe a little bit too easy to call it adult contemporary. And what does that even mean? I guess that's kind of like what Sting calls his music these days sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm influenced by the police only insofar as I actually did put one cover song on this record, which was Seven Days by Sting, not the police, but by Sting anyway. Uh -huh. um, and uh, but, but people have told me, and you've heard the record, people have told me um, that my vocal... Uh, sounds somewhat maybe like Cat Stevens in like ish, or maybe like uh, Tim Buckley or something like that. Um, someone even mentions, and I, I hesitate to even bring it up because he he's such a, an amazing singer, and I'm not this. I'm not claiming to be. But someone said, you know, also that they could hear a little a bit of Jeff Buckley. Um, uh, so you know, Cat Stevens, the Police. My songs are, um, they're, they're rock arrangements, maybe like indie rock arrangements. 
uh, with heavy jazz laden influences. Um, Cause as I mentioned, I live in LA and so, and I'm part of the, I'm part of the, the LA scene, the jazz scene, if you will. Uh, um, mm -hmm. A lot of people there know me. Uh, I guess I'd take a step back. A lot of people know me because I've been a photojournalist for over two decades. And when I first moved to Los Angeles, I didn't really know anybody. And I needed to kind of find my people in my places. And one of the things I used to do to do that was to go out and see music all the time. So I used to go to the Baked Potato and to Lavalie and to Cafe Cordial and to Spazio and to, you know, every place I could think of for jazz, um, Catalina Bar and Grill and some rock stuff too. But it was a lot of jazz. And, uh, and I got to know the players. I was inspired to see the jazz because of Andy Summers. I got to know some of the guys in his band. I got shooting pictures of him, uh, black and white ambient light photography on 3200 ASA film. And I would bring them to their next shows, you know, and, and I got to know uh, Andy's bass player at the time, Rick Fiorbracci. Um, and he said, oh, hey, you know, Jay, uh, thanks for those shots. Those are great. You know, I'm playing another show in, in a week at this other venue. You should come. And I said, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. A week later, I'd show up at this next venue and he's like, hey, you showed up. I'm like, yeah, I told you I would come. He's like, <laughs> he's like, wow, you're going to get you're going to go a long way in L.A. Like most people don't just don't do what they say they're going to do. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like I, I especially when you're going to see music of this caliber, like why wouldn't I go to this show? Like, it's, mm -hmm. you know, if you know Rick and and, and and Andy's drummer, Joel Taylor or Toss Panos or Jerry Watts or Dan Lutz on bass. Like I got to sort of know all the folks on the jazz scene. So that was kind of like the norm, you know, on cheers of, 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 of like going to the mm -hmm. big potato. Mm -hmm. And I shot pictures in L.A. for years, six, seven years. Not a peep about the fact that I actually wrote songs. And then then one day I decided, hey, maybe I should cash in all these favors I've been building up by just giving people photos and letting them use them on their CD covers and their websites and T-shirts and their posters and just ask them for return favors. And so that's how I produced uh, my record, Eat Your Sad. I have, I have, you know, Rick Fiorbracci, who not only played with Andy, by the way, who also played with Chick Corea, for instance, in Chick Corea's electric band. I mean, this guy, he played on, on the Yanni Live at the Acropolis uh, uh, recording um, as the bass player who does that crazy, I mean, uh, that crazy stuff. Uh, um, uh, Dan Lutz is on one of the bonus tracks. It has uh, uh, Robbie Paglieri, the bass player from the band Ohm, who plays with Chris Polins, who used to be in Megadeth. Um, oh, it has, it has I met, met him. I met him a year ago. Chris Robbie or, or Chris? Chris. I was Chris, hanging yeah. out with him. I hung out with him for like a couple hours. We were just walking around. Great guy. Chris is yeah. such a friendly guy. He's He has this awesome pedal board when you go into the baked uh where he has like these crazy stickers of all these like cartoon like flying creatures uh next to each one and he's very meticulous mm -hmm. about how he sets up his board it's really really cool he um yeah he's he's a really really nice guy um but yeah these are the kinds of people you meet when you when you frequent the baked potato right jerry mm -hmm. watts or jerry watts jr uh uh the mm -hmm. you know low-end extraordinaire he you know he he also was uh he played for a number of years with uh with andy um i saw and, them. i saw them uh uh 1998. yeah oh, jerry's so good so he's 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 so tasteful and so good um 
and then okay, so then I I started asking these guys to play for me, right? Um, mm -hmm. And they they didn't. They just said yes. In fact, my cover of Seven Days on this uh, on this freely downloadable album on Bandcamp, by the way, if I haven't said that three times already. Uh, 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 Seven Days uses on bass Jerry Watts, and it uses Joel Taylor, uh, who played with Andy Summers on drums. Um, Joel, by the way, liked my arrangement of Seven Days so much that he asked me if he could use it as a drum lesson for his students because uh, I changed the time signature. Um, normally, Seven Days, I think it's in five, right? I made mine in seven, uh, seven, eight with uh, with uh, choruses and bridge in standard time. Um, hmm. And I used Ben Wendell on bassoon. I don't know if you've heard of Ben, but he's in a band called Knee Body. Um, I don't know. There's, like I said, when you're in L.A., you get access to a lot of people who are just around. They're just around and they're just like right in front of you, playing in front of you, nowhere to go, nowhere they want to go. After they step off stage, they just kind of like linger and loiter around and hang around at the bar in these small venues. It's not like when you go somewhere and they feel like they have to have a green room or something because they live here. They live in L.A. and everyone else who's in the crowd lives in L.A. And most of the time, nobody really wants to bother anybody. Uh, or feel like they're the uncool one who goes up and bothers somebody. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody kind of leaves each other alone when they're local. Um, and that's why I think Andy felt so comfortable playing a place like the Baked Potato or or you get, you know, Steve Lukather or, or you know, Simon Phillips, I think, has played at the Baked I mean, there's so many people who play at the Baked Potato. Um, it's just, uh, I mean, you know, and, and own Chris Poland and, and, uh, and Robbie and all those guys. Um, but yeah, you know, so that's how it sort of came together, the record. It even, I even have, um, you see, I, I'm not intending, I'm just describing the record. I'm not really intending to be like a name dropping kind of person, but I think it's for anybody who doesn't know about it. I'm just trying to. So oh, name drop um, all you want, man. We, <laughs> we name drop nonstop on this channel. So, so all the time. <laughs> so, uh, so there's a there, there, there are a couple of songs on this that's uh, Matt Johnson, uh, drummer Matt Johnson plays on. Uh, Matt Johnson is was Jeff Buckley's drummer on Grace, hmm. um, so he he played on it. Um, trying to think about some other folks who played on this. Like I said, Doug Shreve plays on the first track uh, on bass, and he just did a, an, an incredible job. Um, yeah, and oh, and, and my dear friend Catisse Buckingham, I don't even need to say his last name because there's only one Catisse in the world. But uh, Catisse, um, he's kind of like a hub in Los Angeles. It seems like everybody knows him and he knows everybody because he's a uh, like first call uh, jazz flautist flute player in the world. Um, mm -hmm. your, your listeners know him because he did the jazz flute scene in Anchorman. Um, he was the actual person who tracked that recording for Anchorman and kind oh, of like cool. put the put the, you know put the term jazz flute uh, uh, out there in space but uh, everybody seems to know him and so if you need and he's, he's a dear friend of mine and, and 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 if I'm like oh I really could use I think I'm thinking of flugelhorn on this track he's like oh you should call up my friend so-and-so I'll call him right now for you and they, like all of a sudden it makes it, it makes you know production of an album so much easier because because all you, you have a direct conduit. If even if you hadn't gone to the baked potato and and chatted someone up for months or you know whatever, um, mm -hmm. you all of a sudden you know people are, are are people are around. People are are willing to do these kinds of yeah. things. And especially if you already 
it's kind of like like a you'd imagine when one person is attached to a script and they use that fact to bring in the other celebs, right? It's like, oh wait, wait, so and so is playing on your record? Oh yeah, I'd be happy to do that, no problem. And then all of a sudden you've got like thirty cats on this record saying to themselves, oh, I better play my ass off because because so, I know everyone in LA is going to hear it. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so, so you know, as I mentioned to you, I'm a photographer. So if you look in the liner notes of this record, you know, all the, all the photos in the back pages, this is all the, these are all the folks in the oh, first wow. record, Ben Wendell, Chris Wabich, Chris Wabich played uh, drums for sting on the, uh, on the dolphins soundtrack for IMAX. Um, you got Michael Bluestein. He is currently in foreigner. Um, as the keyboard oh, cool. player, um, you got uh, Jean. I, I, a lot of these guys I forgot until I'm looking at their photos. <laughs> but you got uh, Eric Hostler here and John Walsh. They play um, respectively. They play violin and cello for uh, John Williams. Um, you got uh, down here. You got Rufus Philpott. You got Stuart Cole who plays uh, trumpet in uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Um, uh, a lot of different folks. So here's Jerry Watts in the corner. You got some. Wow. Um, you know, Amaro Ruiz, yep. who's a fabulous, fabulous, virtuosic uh, 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 keyboardist, piano player, organ player who played with uh, Frank Gambale. So so like I said, you live in L.A. and if you're on the scene, suddenly, you know, I guess uh, you just have tremendous uh, access to session players. There's no reason to settle for someone who's, you know, maybe just OK, because for the same money you can get one of the best on earth and mm -hmm. uh and they're pr you know pretty agreeable like, like there's more than one way to skin a cat i happen to use the barter system to get my record done but uh but i'm sure that they accept cash uh <laughs> so <laughs> so uh you know so so that's that's how this record came came to pass or this one or if you go on youtube you can see a video called how to open eat the eat your sad cd because because the mechanism is such that if you hold it by the center, you're working against yourself. You're you're holding it, squeezing it. When you're also trying to pull it, it doesn't open. You got to hold it from the edges. Oh yeah. And then you pull it up, and it pops up. And then the bo the booklet is in the side pocket. So, um, if you want uh, to watch that uh, ad nauseum, you can go onto YouTube and and see all three different versions. <laughs> and and uh, and and that there's another. Uh, you know, there's, this is a, a, a photographer I knew, and then there's a local artist named Graham Moore who did this kind of sliced up pattern version. He also did some work for Amoeba Records in San Francisco for one of their windows. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and there's, I know Amoeba. yeah, yeah. And then there's another guy, um, Mike Garson, who's a very talented uh, photo illustrator uh, in the uh, Philadelphia area who did the third art, the artwork on the third version. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, so so you know that's that's how all that happened. You know, using, I mean, it wasn't using photography to get the music recorded. It was documenting the shows that I wanted to go to anyway, giving these photos to people to use in practical w ways without really charging them anything because it's not my job. Job, um, it, it's sort of like a secondary vocation. It's practiced at a pseudo professional level just giving them them to use mm -hmm. and then sometimes also helping them with cd layouts so for instance Mara ruiz i actually i shot this photo but then i also did the layout for him of his record um 
and uh, wow. you know the the Los Angeles sax saxophone union. This is uh, Catisse Buckingham and and Bob Shepard and some other really heavyweights. You know, I shot this picture in Union these pictures in Union Station in L.A. And then I actually did the layouts for them. They just kind of assumed that I knew how to do layouts. So they're like, oh, here's Brett Garson. I This is an interesting one. This is a, we went out in the mountains, waited until nighttime, and I brought a laser pointer with me. And I kind of painted over him with lasers as he was standing there with his guitar. And we, um, and we had this kind of uh, open exposure oh. for two minutes. And, oh, that's uh, cool. and we did this kind of uh, interesting... There are people who've since copied me on this kind of style, but you know what? I did this in 2002. Find one earlier than that. <laughs> no, I challenge I, I challenge cool. someone to find that concept executed earlier than 2002 because it was pretty original at the time. Um, you know, Nick Mancini is a vibraphone player. You know, shot this photo of him. Mm -hmm. You know, shot pictures off his porch out of the garden uh, down below at the garden hose, or or beloved beloved Larry Wolf who has this. Uh, uh, the late Larry Wolf, he passed away just last year, sadly, but he he had some great, uh, he was a character actor who who uh, who was in a movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s first movie, actually, it's a movie called Pound, and this is, uh, this is a CD that I did for Larry, where he was doing kind of like old-timey standards, and uh, did some layout work for him. So, you know, people, they asked me to do, I either shot photos willingly, or else I went in there and they asked me to do photos. I mm -hmm. did the photos. I I mean, remember, this is on my own dime. They didn't charge me at the door. Mm -hmm. I always, I just walk into these jazz venues for free. I, I see the shows. Uh, so, but but I, at the time, I'm, I'm shooting film. I, sh I pay for the film. I process the film. I'm sitting there scanning negatives. And then I'm just, you know, I'm giving this stuff to the people. And I'm doing this for years. Um, but then it all sort of came around because it's, you know what, maybe I should, maybe I should cash in some favors. You know, I'm sure. Why wouldn't these guys want to help me out? I've been doing stuff for them for years. All I, you know, don't ask, don't get, right? So I asked them mm -hmm. and, uh, and overwhelmingly people were, 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 were willing to come out and, and, uh, and, and do sessions for me. Uh huh. So, so how would would you would would you uh, email them tracks like, hey, this is a track, or would you say, hey, like like how what were the um like like the sessions like with with these players? Yeah. So, so this is an interesting one too. I mean, everyone's different in the studio, right? And everyone has a different their own production style. So, so mm -hmm. I tried to make it super easy. There used to be a service back in the day. It was called like something like studio referral service or something it was like an 800 number and like you call up the number and you're like hey i need a i need a studio that's open tomorrow in thousand oaks like where is it like and then and they just like they call you back in an hour like oh we found the place just for you it's, it's perfect you need drums we got the place for you you we got your live drummer or whatever mm -hmm. um and i mean that was i mean we had the internet at the time, <laughs> but for some reason, this had a function, the studio referral <laughs> service, right? So um, uh, I always wanted to make it super convenient for everybody because I was operating on favors. So I wanted to be, uh, you know, very easy. Um, so uh, we'd typically be somewhere in their general neighborhood from where they lived. And I probably would send them a track in advance or two, a track or two in advance. Um, but my, my typical 
style of producing is that I've chosen someone to play on a track because I've heard them across different situations. I've heard them in the fusion jazz community playing with multiple different people. So I kind of have a sense for what their capability is and what their style is and some of what their choices are like, what their tone mm. is like. So my choice in, in selecting an individual to play, that's one of the only choices that I tend to make during the session. I go in there and first of all, my first choice is make sure people are not pressured. I think the worst thing you can do for creativity is make people think that you're looking at the clock. I mean, yes, it costs money to get into the studio and the engineer costs, you know, yeah. you're, the engine, tick, 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 you know, you're paying for the engineer, you're paying for the, yeah. for the studio. And yet you're not going to get what you want if people feel stressed. So what I did, what I still do, I just go in there and I shoot the breeze. I shoot the breeze almost to the point where the person who's going to be playing is wondering when the heck it is that I'm going to start. Like, I, like it's almost like reverse anxiety. <laughs> it's like, wait, instead of like being pressured to play, they're like, wait, wait, when am I going to play? Like, don't I get to play today? So, so like, so we just shoot the breeze for like a half an hour or something so that they know, Hey, the vibe is that we are taking our time. We're going to get what we need to get. And, and then um, I asked them to sort of absorb the tune and, and then, you know, invest in of themselves what they feel it deserves and, and to just do five or six passes. Now, there are some people who don't need more than one pass. Like I mentioned to you, yeah. my friend, my friend Katis, um, mm -hmm. you know, he typically only needs one or two passes of anything. You know, I, I call him and I've known him for 21 years and I've never heard him play one sour note. As a result, I call him No Clam Buckingham as my uh, <laughs> as my nickname for Katis because <laughs> Katis Buckingham. But but uh, but yeah, he'll come in there and he'll just nail it right away. But typically, what I do since there's there hasn't been in a rehearsal, of course. So back up. I don't have a dedicated band, right? I'm a guy who writes songs. I put scratch guitar down with to a click, and then I record drums and bass maybe together or maybe drums first and then bass and then i'm layering 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 and when i bring people in there hasn't been any meeting of the minds i don't want someone to walk into a studio and say hey what were you thinking you wanted me to play i'm like ah no 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 that's that's not i want you to hear it and i want you to play the way you play where you think it playing belongs and just do a few passes. And then later, my job is to comp the thing later. So the guys who play, they've never heard what it is the song is going to sound like until I released. Okay. The track. That was my question. Then would you send them tracks beforehand or they would just show up and, and you would, you would talk for a while and about, about whatever, you know, just, you know, Hey, you know. since the last time I saw them, just whatever, you know, whatever, whatever they were working then, on, whatever, you know, uh, you know, cause typically, like I said, like when, like, I've become friendly with these with these folks. It's not like mm -hmm. we're strangers. It's we come into a room mm -hmm. and we have something to talk about. They know me personally. Like I'll go to their barbecues or something. You know, it's like, so so we have something to talk about. And then eventually we get to the matter at hand and we start actually doing some work, which you know it is work, but it's you know, it's it's playing. So it's fun. It's playing. Um, and uh, and they're doing the thing. And then I get all the material. And what I really love 
you know, I've never considered myself to be really an entertainer. I feel like I'm a songwriter and I get into the studio and I start cutting it all up. And that's what I love, uh, making the choices so that I really feel like I got the best overall composition out of it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then presenting it to somebody later. So there's one time I was, I did a song. It's not on this record. It's a, um, it, it's on my follow-up, um, or I had an opera singer and the opera singer, she didn't realize what I was going to ask her to do. She, she's like, wait, what, you don't have any music for me to, there's no sheet music. There's nothing. What do you mean? I was like, no, I want you to like improvise. She had no idea what I meant. So I, so I said, <laughs> so, you know, I said like, I, so she did like six takes of just like doing these kind of like figures with her voice and opera sounding stuff opera sounding stuff right yeah. so then i i comped it together and then uh one of my favorite people in the world uh john tegmeyer clarinet player one of the most musical people uh, that i know he came in and he did a i after i comped her vocal track then I, he did a harmony line on clarinet to her and so subtle and so nice in the mix uh, mm-hmm. that it, it came out just wonderfully i think and and that song is called it's in vain and that can be found on YouTube as part of the J Matt's way to topic that CD baby posts for, you know, for anyone to hear at yeah. will. Yeah. That cool, op- operatic thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, so when people, you know, type da, 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 you know, what is this guy about? The, the fir- one of the first things I'll probably see is, you know, J Matt's way to photography. Um, and you'll see a lot of the photos that I've been talking about of local jazz cats and any time I could use my credentials. I used to shoot for newspapers too, to to get credentials to shoot larger shows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I shot everyone from, you know, the late Ray Brown. I shot, uh, you know, I shot Sting a bunch of times. I shot uh, um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers and, and Paige Plant. And and, I I see a lot of that on your site. Yeah, yeah. It's well, my Instagram is J Concert Picks, but you know, but I don't really use Instagram that much. Although people can use that to, you know, directly message me. But I shot Jerry Garcia, and um, I'm I'm in all kinds of folks. Uh, There was hardly a time I could pick up like a music magazine and say, "Well, I haven't shot pictures of somebody in this magazine." Uh Um, um, you know, at some other point in time. Looks like the guy from REM. Oh, Michael Stipe, I shot I shot pictures um, of, of Slash and Steven Tyler singing to, yeah, play, playing together, Duff, in a band called Loaded, Flea. Um, uh, I even uh, got to shoot David Carradine one time. Uh, oh, the, wow. the late David Carradine, he, he was uh he was playing in LA at uh at a place called uh what was it called? It was uh I think it was like the at the uh what is it called? Um uh, the religious, he was like playing at the Scientology Center. So I went over to the Scientology Center and shot pictures of him outside. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Very, very interesting. Um, and uh, all kinds of folks in all kinds of places. Yeah, that band Loaded that, that Duff was in. Um, yeah. I, I got to shoot yeah. pictures of him with that. And that was, I think Matt Sorum was in that too. And uh, yeah, I got to shoot some. Um, Velvet Revolver. I have negatives from that. So this is still back when I was shooting film. You know, now everyone's shooting mm-hmm. digital. You, uh, but I have the, the. I still have the physical. At boxes Everybody's boxes a photographer of, now on Instagram. Well, now I'm even one. <laughs> you know, 
I shoot less and less these days, actually, because there's such a great trade-off between speed and quality. And, and quality when you, uh, I mean, uh, convenience and quality, you mm. can't really beat having a phone. I mean, it's good enough a lot of the times. But but I also have to say, even with an SLR, people bracket so much. They just go, you know, do 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 do. It's the settings. You don't have to know anything anymore. Bracketing yeah. means changing either the aperture or the shutter speed while you shoot so that if your exposure's off, at least one of them is going to be right, right? So if people just kind of rapid fire shoot, it's different in a concert setting. You're not shooting a mountain or a flower. You're shooting a live individual who's in the moment performing. And um, and it's, you really have to capture the exact right moment. I used to put black tape over the lights on my camera so that no one could tell when, when I was shooting or and they would forget that I was even there after a while. Oh, and that's wow. a lot of these a lot of these guys really appreciated that uh, live in concert. They said, you know, you're so stealthy. I never know when you're shooting. I forget you're there. And that's why, you know, they say, oh, you've gotten some of the best pictures of me that anyone's ever taken. Oh, that's cool. That That's actually <laughs> a great tip because, uh, you know, when, when that that's the one thing you, you don't want is the flash going off and 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 the artists, you, you know, after a while, they're so in the zone that that they can't really pay attention to you. You know, you don't want to give them excuses to pay attention to you, though, by putting lights in, like little blinky lights and things in their face. A lot of times SLRs have like an autofocus that that that, uh, that utilizes the flash uh, mm -hmm. a little bit, and just like blinks to, to shoot enough light to get the autofocus off the object. And mm -hmm. so it's not a full flash. It's just kind of like a tiny little blinking light. It's annoying. Just you know, cover up all the lights. You, if you have to use manual focus, use it. Then people are not moving around that much. You, you, you'll get what you need that way. Way better, uh, you know, emotive uh, material from these people when they're in the zone and when they don't know you're there anymore. Mm -hmm. For oh, sure, that's great. For sure, that's great. Uh, Holly in the chat is saying uh, you look like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else said we look like brothers in the chat. Oh so. my god, that's so funny. So I've gotten actually that's, that's nice. I've gotten I've gotten that uh, before. I've also gotten uh, um, uh, the crow, the guy who played mm -hmm. uh, Brandon Lee. I've gotten Brandon Lee before actually. Mm -hmm. So I decided to be Brandon Lee for uh, Halloween one year, and I. You know, I, I think I pull it off pretty well, but thank you, uh, Holly. Uh, I'll take that as a compliment. You didn't say it was a compliment, but uh, <laughs> that's but cool. But uh, but yeah, so you know, so I had really had fun with my first record. Um, you were asking about influences, so you know, so I was telling you how yeah. it's this, this this jazz laden rock stuff, and you know, I don't know that I was intending to sound like anyone else because I've been very much challenged to tell people what the genre is mm -hmm. um you know there's not you can't really pigeonhole it into one kind of a genre and i'm not just saying that go listen to it it's 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 kind of it to me it's uh, can be kind of genre defying stuff but but i did try to capture the vibe of some of the people who i really love like i used matt johnson on drums because his the his time feel is what I was after on one of the songs he played in six eight. It's like he's got, it's like he's got this time feel that you can't replicate. You know, it's you, when you zoom in on it, it's not really exactly on the grid. There's something about it that's intangible. I mean, you do the same thing with Stuart Copeland. He doesn't play to the 
you know, to a click. He's not on the grid. You know, he's he, you know, there's something about these these guys' time fields that are just kind of like um um yeah, hard to hard to put your finger on, you know. Um another person who is really, really in, in, uh influential on this record, uh, uh uh crucial, essential, um, was a guy named Joel Shearer. Joel Shearer. He was a guitarist, or he is a guitarist, who used to play on tour for Alanis Morissette and uh, Damien Rice. Uh, but it, but I knew him because he was in a local band of his own called Pedestrian. And Pedestrian, in my view, was one. It was they were like the local Radiohead. You know, there I could go and watch a Pedestrian show, and it could be a forty-five minute set, but I could have sworn I was there for an hour and a half because the way that he just layered and, and looped and I just felt like I was in this this soup of sound and I just got I totally lost my sense of time listening to Joel mm -hmm. Shearer play um and uh and and and, and his bass player uh Joe Joe Carnes uh now plays for uh uh Fits in the Tantrums actually um and he's on my oh, record cool. for one song so all these people that I'm mentioning awesome. it's not it's not just a name drop it's also because you can get all the entire <laughs> record for free on Bandcamp right now, just by putting zero in the, yeah, <laughs> in the uh, name your own price. Just put zero. Look at all these names I've been dropped that you can listen to tonight. Just, just take it. Just take it. And if you, and if you're lucky and you're interested, <laughs> then you can win one of three of these from Johnny. Oh, well, let's let's do that. Let's let's. Um, we got three copies, you guys. And and uh, I know last mm. night we did a, a whole different giveaway system uh, on the show, but we'll go back and do the uh, the what do you call it. This one, the StreamYard giveaway. So this will be for phys like physical copies. Yeah, we'll do yeah. Three. This thing. You're good with doing three. You have three of them yeah. there? Yeah. Okay. I mean, hey, man, I've got as many as you need. You need <laughs> you need a copy? I can get you a copy. I can get you a toe, dude. Oh, right on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I definitely have three that I can <laughs> mail out. Dem I just I'll take an extra that. one. I, I, I caveat uh, domestically. I, I, I'm happy to ship these around domestically. Uh, sending them around around the world has gotten just to be very expensive. But um, yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, well let's let's spin a few times for you guys yeah. here. So hey, if you guys are watching, free CD. You guys ready? Okay. All right, we'll uh, we'll spin uh, we'll spin three times. Yeah, and if you're not sure, a CD is this shiny thing that protects your drink against a wooden table. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready? <laughs> All right, three times. Here we go. Skyprop is ready. Here's the first one. First winner is. Here we go. Fretworks Guitar Repair A. There you go. You win a CD. So, so you, know how to get, you know how to get a hold of me. Yeah, yeah. So how does it work? Do you, uh, obviously, you need to get people's addresses, and then, you know, I can give you the CDs to send around. Um, but if people yes. don't provide their addresses, then that would mean that they're, if Fretworks, for instance, for some reason, is contented with the downloads and doesn't care for physical things and wants to give it to someone else, they can. But so, Oh, there you go. There you go. Let so me just, a, Fretworks guitar repair CD. Yeah, you'd like to, like right. should should we keep spinning? But we don't want to spin forever either. No, nah, we'll just we'll we'll do a few. So Fretworks. Yeah. Fretworks, you you want a, a CD? So uh, 
there we go okay yeah we'll do we'll do a couple more here here we go next one me <laughs> i already gave you one is what i, I saw you, gave you one. yeah you already <laughs> gave me one so we'll spin again well, with that there's still two there's still two up for grabs here we go <laughs> yeah because see the thing is there's like five of me in here that's the thing <laughs> so it'll it might land on me anyway but see there's me again so <laughs> you know what i actually found that, uh, that 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 art stu art students were interested in in like dis dissecting the construction of this. Uh, mm -hmm. So I got I got some people who are interested in it just for the just for the actual mechanism. And uh, oh, it's not cool. For, not it's, for it's, the it, music at all. It's it's I mean it's a cool CD um, uh, holder. I I'd, I'd never seen one like that. There aren't any others like this. I actually had the company make me one that didn't have a plastic tray. The only other time that I'm aware of that they'd done anything like this was for the Curb Your Enthusiasm DVDs, if anyone remembers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Way back then, they had a full-size DVD case that pulled up with a plastic tray, but I contacted that same manufacturer and said, no plastic on mine. And so mm -hmm. they just made this kind of like CD pocket. You know, you can just tuck it into the pocket. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. And that's so that's a CD. This is a CD. If That's you have if you're not familiar with what they look like, they, they look like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dudes. Eddie's like, spin it again. Eddie. Yeah, see, I won twice. See, there's like five of me in here. So that, that's one of the reasons I'm trying to switch to another giveaway tool. Okay, um, but I, okay. But I'm still not exactly sure how to use it. We tried it last night for the first time, and it was cool. But let, let's let's try again. The winner is Eddie Jones Jr. There we go. Hey. There we go. Eddie. Eddie Jones. What's up, man? You just won a CD. Uh, message me. 415-952-3263. The number on the screen. Send me your info. I will get that to Jay, and he will send you a CD. So right. we got Fretworks, which is Ron, I think. Someone said, "Congrats, Ron!" So yes. they must know something that we that I don't. Eddie Jones, Eddie Jones Jr. CD. Okay. Holly yeah, says they love this one. The more spins, the more fun. Well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> suspense. Everyone's looking for a little bit of uh, suspense in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> there we go all right last one last cd here we go the winner is holly lewis yay holly lewis cd there we go all right I'm very Holly, pleased. send me a, send me a text message, and uh, we'll, we will get that out to you. I was secretly uh, I was secretly rooting for Holly because I think she was the one that said something about Superman. Uh huh. <laughs> well, are you Superman? I mean, nobody's watching this. You you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But yeah, so uh, you know, and and. Uh, 
<laughs> so that's what this is. There's, you know, we 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 came together over mutual uh, love of uh, of the police and Sting and. And uh, when some of these folks get this, uh, either this or whichever one I happen to send around, um, mm-hmm. uh, they'll also notice uh, a little Easter, a little Easter egg on the CD. So, so this is entirely independently released. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that people who have heard it tend to like it, but not that many people have heard it because I have no manager, no lawyer, no record company, no nothing. But mm-hmm. I'm such a Sting fan and nerd that I wanted my first album to be on the same record label or nominally on the same record label as Sting's first release back in Newcastle before the police. And he was in a band called Newcastle Big Band that was released on the Woodwink jazz label. And then he was in a band called Last Exit that put out a 45 on the Woodwink label. Mm -hmm. And so I contact Woodwink, W-U-D-W-I-N-K, was the, was the, was the, label that david wood w-o-o-d uh instead of a play on words of his name uh put some of his releases out on that came out of impulse sound studios in newcastle england and so i called up david wood and i and he licensed to me the ability to release my records on (laughs) on on his label so if you go on discogs it says that i'm on woodwink records just like just like sting's records were back in the day that's amazing. It's, it's just an Easter egg because because there was no business relationship aside from me, I think, having to pay him 300 bucks to use the logo, even though it's just some standard font. I just wanted to do it right. He's like, you know what? You can use it. But so he said, he said, there's always a bar bill to pay. <laughs> so, so he did actually ask me for a couple of bucks, but I was happy because uh, I got what I wanted out of it, which was this, <laughs> which was this little bug on the bottom of my thing to make me feel that much more connected one of my songwriting heroes um oh, wow. sting and uh you know i think that you know you tell me but uh, that could be where we leave things for another time because because as you and i both know one of the reasons we sort of got to know each other online is because we're both collectors and appreciators of the police and sting but there's a uh, there's a huge you can go so deep into this topic uh with what each individual member has done before and after. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I'm willing to go down that road with you, but uh, with, with, you know, holding up a lot of uh, things that most people in North America or around the world might not even realize exist, but not today. Yeah. So I another think another time, pro- I th- yeah, another time, I think you probably also have a lot of Van Halen news that you've been wanting to get to. Um, uh, and I, that people have been eagerly awaiting your. I have discussion. a lot. I have all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me just say really quickly though. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. see. Holly, uh, Holly was saying Clark Kent. See, Holly, you don't even know this, but Stuart Copeland was actually he went by the name Clark Kent. As well. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, so Stuart before <laughs> Stuart co- coincident with the first police record, Atlantis to more. He there were some songs that sting refused to sing because he didn't like the lyrics enough. He just wouldn't sing them. He was kind of a, a pain in the butt. Back. <laughs> no, or he was. Or, or I guess <laughs> he, had, he had certain standards. I'm lyrically kidding. That he, he had certain lyrical standards that he wasn't willing to, you know, uh, compromise. And, and, uh, on, and he, he, he left Stewart to put out an entire record 
of songs that if you go listen to them sound so much like police songs. I mean, they sound that, you know, the, the vibe and with the drums and everything, but it's, it's Stuart mm -hmm. Copeland playing everything. And because he was sort of masking his, uh, his participation, because he already had this record deal with, uh, with the police, he put it down under this name, Clark Kent, yeah. um, Stuart Copeland. So, uh, but this has come to the fore because just this month he's put out, these, these many years later, he's put out a deluxe edition that includes all the demos of these old uh, tracks. And, uh, you know, oh. and fa and fans are fe feverishly uh, 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 listening down to these demos, which are really, really cool. And they're on YouTube, but they're also as a, a part of a double CD set. And they're fascinating. I I haven't heard those yet. I, I and again, oh, we'll cool. talk about this again at another time. We'll talk all about the police and, and Clark Kent and Andy Summers and all this stuff. But, oh but yeah, I would love I would love to, to hear that. Um, I actually for Record Store Day, what six months ago, whenever that was. Well, I got Record the Clark Store Day Kent. was. They were two days. That was two days ago too. They had a Record Store Day on Black Friday. Oh, it's twice oh. a year now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, the one that was like six months ago or something, because I was actually live on my channel here for Record Store Day. Yeah. And and there was a Van Halen uh, red vinyl uh, live album. I, I bought a couple of those. Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave yeah. one away on the channel. Actually, I have another one still to give away. I also bought a Clark Kent uh, vinyl. They had released a Record Store Record yep. Store Day Clark Kent vinyl as well. I bought that. That's it's actually sitting <laughs> back in there right now. Um. It's a, it's an essential. If if you haven't heard Clark Kent's collected works or the original Clark Kent album, it's 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 worth the time. The uh, the uh, the LP where you open it up and it's like it says on the label on the sticker that it shrinks when it, when it hits it. <laughs> so you open up a twelve inch and you you pull it out and it, it's a tiny record. It's small. Yeah, it's a, it's a ten inch record. Yeah, the, 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 the original ones he released back in the day were ten inch records inside twelve inch sleeves, and he had this the whole you know the whole thing was all sort of masked in this uh, whimsy, right? It was talking about. Uh, yeah, the identity. Who is this person? And blah blah blah. And yeah, you know, it did have like a sticker on it talking about this, that, and the other. It was, it was. He did a really good job of the marketing of it. And I believe, well, again, we can talk about this later. That one of the, I think Sting's first television appearance was actually in support of a Clark Kent song on Top of the Pops. It was not yeah. a Police song. Um, so uh, Sting Except will never really be able to live that one down. They were more, they were wearing masks though, so you you wouldn't know it was him unless you you knew. Clark Kent was supposed to be secret, so when they had when they went on to television, he wore green face paint and a top hat, slash esque top hat, and uh, and everyone else was wearing like gorilla masks. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, craziness. But hey, Jay, thank you so much for uh, for for uh, for hanging out. I mean, yeah, I mean, thank you, thank you for 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 finding me at that show too because you, you you came up to me you're like hey like you had just got there you'd been yeah, driving no, it was, i was still sweating i was running in wondering if i could get there on time hadn't eaten but i knew that i wanted to meet you and i was like wait <laughs> where is he sitting oh yeah and like i yelled out your name a couple of times i thought that was you like hey what's going on yeah so it was and and and, and i can't thank you enough for um for uh for you know letting people know about this what, what i did with this with this record back in you know uh, with my friends in LA, because when you're an independent artist, you don't get a lot of opportunities to, uh, to, like I said, to kind of get like to get recognition or validation or of any kind. If you don't have a mm -hmm. label, a manager, a lawyer or whatever, you 
you make a record, you put all your heart and soul and energy and time and money into it. And then you're kind of like underwhelmed by how, you know, how few ripples it makes because there's only so many people you know or how many people that they know. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't make this just for my friends. I made this for everybody. So, so uh, I really do appreciate that, uh, that you've uh, opened up your listenership to this and asked yeah. me on. You're welcome, man. No, and you have to come you. back. I love it. Love it. Come back. Definitely. Definitely. You guys link down below. Actually over there. That's the <laughs> band cap band camp link for Jay's album. Just type in if you want to download it, just type in a, a zero and you can buy it for for nothing for, for free <laughs> for free. Um, but if you do want a CD, we gave a few away. If you do want a CD, you, you can go to actually Bandcamp as well, right? Can you can go to Bandcamp. I, I think they have a few copies there or else they funnel the sales to me. Or you can just email me because it's my domain is jmatsueda.com, J-A-Y, just like my name. And anything you put, put in there comes to me as a catch-all email. You could say, I love Johnny Bean at jmatsueda.com. You say, say, Johnny Bean's a jerk at jmatsueda.com. Yeah, Jay's an asshole. It's well, Johnny Bean. yeah, it's I Jay's get a lot of that. But... <laughs> <laughs> you could say, stop, you know, stop talking about the police and start talking about Eddie Van Halen at jmatsueda.com, and it's going to come to me. So if, oh, uh, if you're interested we'll in it, that. if you're interested in one of those things called a CD because you still like lyrics and liner notes and you want to know who played on what and who engineered what and uh, and you like photos and you like to have that much more of a connection, then, then just let me know. But otherwise, just take it. Take it. I'm happy for you to hear it. There you go. Yeah, you guys, check it out. Check it out, dudes. Well, Jay, thank you so much, and um, and don't don't hang up. Let me just really we we can say goodbye off the air. Let me just say thank you to all the channel members here on Johnny Bean TV YouTube channel. There we are, all the channel wow. members. Thank thank you for your continued support for this channel. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, you guys. And before we go, let me let me play this video, this Andy Summers video. I, my audience, they see this all the time. <laughs> I don't think you've seen this, but this None. is where this is. It was a show called Huffington Post Live. It was about ten years ago. Andy was was promoting the movie. Remember the movie that that, that he put out? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the one that was based on his autobiography. It was called yeah. Surviving the Police or something. Like, but but his autobiography is One Train Later. Yeah. Right, right. There was the book and then there was the movie. The company contacted me and I was brought on as a guest to ask him a question and he had no idea I was going to be on there. And then you'll see you'll see you'll see what uh, what happens. So. <laughs> so this was nine years ago. All right, you guys, thanks for watching and I'll see you guys tomorrow from Guitar Center. All right. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll do a live from uh, Guitar Center and Starbucks. We'll hang out for a little bit tomorrow. All right. Johnny Bean TV. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you, first of all, very much for joining us. Uh, but now we've got Johnny. Hello, Johnny. Hi, how are you? Is that Johnny Bean? Yes. Hey, man, how are you? <laughs> hey, good to see you, man. It's been a while. Are you still living in San Francisco? <laughs> yep. <laughs> You guys, you guys know each other. You guys I, hang out. I, I bet. Yeah, 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 it's funny. Uh, what's your question, John?